Welcome to Space Explored Podcast. I am Zach Hall, founder of Space Explored, and I'm joined by your host, Seth Kierkowski. Hey, Seth. Hey, Zach. How are you? I'm much better than last week. I realized I'd never really explained why I was in so much pain last week, but I put my back out, and I'm better now. Oh, cool. <laughs> you weren't there for that. No. There was, it was with me and Derek, and I also had really bad audio because I couldn't move, really move, and I couldn't grab my mic, and so, yeah. Last week was awful, but we're here. We're better now. That's your excuse? Okay, cool. That's my excuse. <laughs> this week has been a good one in space news. There, this, You know, the reason I like this week is that everyone, there's one common event that everyone knows about and we're all talking about no matter how into space you are, no matter you know how much of time you think about space or not. Everyone is looking at these photos from the James Webb Space Telescope. And they are really glorious. They are miles more, like, like light years ahead of the, 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 the Hubble telescope photos of the same direction. And I, it, I'm happy that I think the majority of people see these and they're astonished, not jaded. And you don't have to, you know... I'm looking all over the internet and people are sharing their screens, their lock screens and their wallpapers and everything. And I'm seeing people use these images as their wallpapers. I am too. They're so good. What what can you tell us about these images, Seth? It's nice to have an event where everyone's kind of talking about it and in like the same way. Like it's not like a, a major launch where you have like split people about hating something or loving something, but like everyone gets to like talk about something and love it. Um, that's kind of like what what web photos have been this past week, um, and we got released five, well, four photos, and then one indirect photo, which was kind of a confusing to probably people who don't know much about how telescopes work. Is that there are indirect photos you can get of things, and you're not going to get one of the planet. So, uh, I kind of go over kind of the events that happened this week. Uh, we were supposed to get all the photos on Tuesday, um, and last minute. Uh, President Biden wanted to get on get in on the action, and they announced that there was going to be a, a kind of a was it a press conference? It wasn't a briefing for us. It was a briefing for the president. And the way that I, I got to speak to the administrator, and he kind of talked about what kind of happened. It was really awkward for us, but it was like a briefing for President Biden and Vice President Harris to like get the photos and get the the you know kind of the info info on the. Uh, the photos and so they announced the first photo which is called smack 0723 so this is a uh, a relatively kind of like it's a known area where it's like it's just a bunch of galaxies and hubble is taking photos of it but they were just super low resolution and so this was the first photo and kind of the the photo that really proves why james the james webb james webb telescope is like important is that it can see it almost saw back to the beginning of the universe so it's believed that the universe is about 13.8 billion years old and the light that it took from this, which it took within like an hour or like with, it was Nelson described it as they took it before breakfast and the photos that were taken before this area were like, were like weeks long by Hubble. And this was only like several hours and it saw back to 13.5 billion. And, 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 and the, you say that because it's, the light that we the, the light yes. that we see, and this is all infrared, so our eye doesn't actually see it. They colorize these images, um, mm-hmm. but the light that that the James Webb Space Telescope is capturing, and that we receive back on Earth and, and inspect, colorize, etc., um, it's so many light years away that if 
that far away reaches here, then it must then it has to have been from like you look at the calendar from that yeah. many years ago, which is a like lot. Light, we're talking about the distances where like light isn't isn't in, like down here light is instant. Like you just it's so quick that it just it happens. Like then these distances like it takes years for this light to move, and that's that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing light that that took place thirteen and a half billion years ago, which is just mind boggling. So, so this is not like. Yeah. So the, the the SPAC image is is the the deepest photo ever taken, like of, of the furthest away object we've ever taken a photo of, a little tiny speck of light. Um, that I am not smart enough to understand what that means, but apparently someone can look at that and know what it means. Mm -hmm. But some of the other photos we got uh, were more rather than like star fields, they were more um, they're more specific, uh, specific on objects. So. Mm -hmm um i'll save the, the best one for last we'll talk about that one later but uh the next one i think we got if i remember correctly was uh oh no we got the the image of uh wasps wasp 96b i believe it's called um it is an exoplanet it's one of, it's a relatively close exoplanet we didn't get a photo of it we got an indirect spectrum of it this is kind of like the first scientific data we got from the telescope so the way that it observed this it pretty much observes the dimming of the light when the exoplanet passes in front of the star so you can kind of you can measure. It's like you're putting your hand in front of a uh, of a of a flashlight. You can see that the light goes. It gets dimmer, mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of science kind of went into this. And so, the interesting thing was they it was believed that it didn't have an atmosphere, and now it does. So, hmm. I, I remember sitting down when I was at the event. I sat down with some people from North of Grumman, and I, I asked a lot of people when I was there. I asked everyone their favorite photo. And this, the program manager for the, the development of the Webb Telescope, he's just like, I just don't understand that a photon went from a sun through a cloud and then somehow made its way to us. And then somehow someone figured out that that photon meant that there was water or like it was like there was hydrogen or something like that or oxygen or whatever in this cloud on this mm -hmm. planet. It doesn't make sense to me, but like it's freaking cool. Yeah. So, and, so and, and like, to back way up, like you got for, for Space Explored, you uh, – you, you traveled to DC and you got to attend not the mm -hmm. presidential um, briefing, but you got to attend the the NASA event at what Goddard. Yeah, at Goddard. Yeah. Space so you were in the room yep. with the administrator, and when they were going through the presentation, that was live streamed of, of the photos and what they mean. And you spoke with the yep. I was in the room all. with um like all the Goddard like the Goddard Center is where a lot of the James Webb people like who worked on it for NASA were. Mm -hmm. So like all, a lot of people who worked on web were in the room. I got this. I was sitting. I just talking with people. Like I was. The person I sat next to like was working on it since the nineties. So like sure. Yeah. Uh, like he was super excited to see the photos. Um, a lot of them haven't seen the photos yet. They saw them that day. So yeah, like it, it was super cool to see those images, and it was super cool to be in the room with with everyone that was like there to see it. Um, the the last. The, I'll go quickly over the last three images. We had Stevens Quint, Quint, uh, Quintet. Now that's five galaxies. Um, it, it, it kind of the biggest thing in these photos is like we some of the, some stuff we learned more about, but um for the most part, uh it's just like super more high like super high resolution now. Like we went from 720 to 8K pretty much. Uh, in a, in a jump of, I guess that's the best way of like kind of like putting how much better these photos. Yeah, are. Yeah, you, you don't have to know which like you, you don't have to know which photo came from which telescope. If you look at the the two comparisons, you'll know that the just based on how much more detailed they are and um, you know just how much more defined it is which one came from hubble and which one came from from the new james webb space telescope oh yeah there's a lot of like technical clues you look at but like for the most part it's just like yeah, they're much more high resolution yeah um the other one was the southern ring nebula so this is a, a dead star 
Um, so it's blown off a lot of his gas. So you kind of get like a ring around um, a bright object in the middle. It was the photo taken from Hubble. Uh, we can only tell that there was one star. Uh, but uh, this is kind of the cool thing about Webb is that it has um, the photo in near infrared. So that's the, the light. That's the uh, much more longer wavelengths. Um, uh, that shows a similar uh, what than what Hub, uh, Hubble saw, but just more resolution. But the mid-infrared, so we're even getting longer wavelengths of light, um, that actually determined that there was two stars in the center of this. So it was a binary. So uh, th these are actually relatively common. Um, but it was kind of just funny that all of a sudden like, they switched on and be like, guess what? There's two stars. And everyone kind of like freaked out because hmm. this is a pretty, pretty well-known uh, nebula that we didn't know that had two stars in the center of it, which was interesting and then the final one which uh, i think most people kind of determined was the the best photo um out of all of it was the uh, carrion nebula and this is like it's a bunch of gas that is lit up by a lot of stars around it because there's a whole bunch of stars inside this this whole bunch of gas that are pretty much being formed and, and the whole bunch of new stars probably like probably millions probably more than that i, I uh, I think it's, it's pretty much impossible to count them. So uh, it, it's probably de definitely the best one. And that was the one they they saved for last. Yeah. And I would just say like as a layman. Um, so, you know, James Webb the telescope took uh, many years, many dollars was, was behind schedule. Um, Even the release was delayed. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the last, like the last few years have been, this is the year that the James Webb, Space Telescope will launch, but it took until this year. The launch was 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 this Christmas Day? Is that what? Yes, that was it launched on Christmas Day down in uh, South America. Yeah, so uh, it was, Ariane Five. So it's technically 2021, but it, it you know uh, 2022 we got the news that the Space Telescope had arrived at what Lagrange Point Two is, is that the is where L two Lagrange Point. Yes. There we, there we yeah. go. Cool. So yes, um, and that was several. Weeks ago, a couple months, a few months ago. That was a couple months ago. Yeah. And then these are the photos. And there was a lot of hype from the NASA folks, like Dr. Z, saying, like, I, I teared up when I saw these images. And the it, hype was real. Yeah. And it was yeah. very unclear if a layman like me and you to this stuff would appreciate it in the way that like Dr. Z, who's like the head of you know, science, science at NASA would appreciate. Um, mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, just, just to go back to the point I made at the beginning of this topic is that um, I, I think we were all actually impressed, <laughs> which is, yeah. you know, you know, you know I, so. Was, my it, favorite thing about the new photos are the stars. Um, so this is like, this is the, if you really don't know which way to tell a uh, photo from Hubble or photo from Webb, um, is the the starbursts the diffractions of these stars the lights that are kind of like the edges that jet out from them? Um, Hubble has four, so like it's up and down side to side. Like there's four little um, spikes of light, and Webb has eight, uh, six large ones, three at the top, three in the bottom, and then two small ones on the side. And like they just look awesome. They that, also that's like the, the layers of glass. The, the difference in the layers of glass of the telescope. Uh, it's so it's a couple different things. Yeah. Um, I. The Space Telescope Science Institute has like a really good like graphic. Um, I think I linked it in one of my articles about mm -hmm. how to tell the difference between the two of them. Mm -hmm. It has to do with the the shape of the panels. So they're mm -hmm. octic, uh, they're they're octagons or hexagons. I don't remember exactly what I Hex. can't picture in my head. Yeah, I think they're hexagons. Yeah, yeah hex, um, but... 
behind. The hexagons. And then there's also, because there's the, the three booms that kind of put out the secondary mirror in front of it. Mm-hmm. So the light kind of bounces off those weirdly. Like, it's a, it's a kind of different group of things. So that's where you get these kind of like eight burst, but mm-hmm. like two are shorter, like kind of like thing. They look really cool. I, I think they just look so much better um, than what the Hubble did. Um, and then the details just amazing i still look at the the carrying nebula one like every so often like the last couple of days i just pulled up on, like on my computer i'm like oh this looks right. so good it's it's my desktop wallpaper and i've seen like i said before a lot of other people have it as well um like like you said if if you try to count the number of stars in this photo it's it's unreal like it looks like sci-fi it looks like almost like a 70s graphic for star wars uh that an artist it, would make but it's real it's like it's not an artist's interpretation of something or you know imaginary it's this is a photo of reality. Like the only thing that is, is yeah. they've taken a process of colorizing everything here, but all the data is, is you know, backs up what you see. Uh, and it's, it's, it's remarkable just to look at, but, but there's also some good explainers, both from NASA uh, and, and just people excited about this stuff who have done a pretty good translation of this is, you know, the, the fact that you, that you can see multiple um, galaxies and and one image I mean, is amazing. Well, like that was the first image. Yeah, that was released. The, the first image, like those those dots aren't stars; they're all right. galaxies. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is is that that's the mind numbing one. Like the Carrion Nebula one, like most of those dots, especially in, like around the cloud, like all of them are like almost stars. Yeah, so you can um, imagine like those are solar systems, you know. <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> just every single one, and then yeah, then you go to the the smack uh, the smack zero seven two three one, the first yeah. image, and those are all galaxies, which then yeah, all have... just like. Seems like like the nebula. They all have nebulas inside of them that have like a bunch of stars, and then they have yeah. like solar systems. Like it's like I don't have a great sense of like how big Texas is, or how big the U.S. is, or how big the Earth is. <laughs> but I really don't have a great sense of how big like the Milky Way is. But when you look at the number of galaxies in that photo, however big the Milky Way is, when you see the number mm-hmm. of those, you can't help but think that's a lot of potential <laughs> for just <laughs> things to exist. Like other unknown worlds to exist, it's and you and, see the one smearing like almost like it was a like a rounding error of some sort. And so and and yeah, do you, do you know that? The, okay, yeah. So the the thing about that one was interesting because that was within hours. I was I, I saw someone who was a actual scientist like explaining this thing and yeah. Uh, in the center, there's a center of the smack uh, image. There's a cluster of galaxies, mm-hmm. and so those spheres are as a galaxy that's behind that being bent around that yeah. cluster of galaxies. Right. Like, it's just it, it's just stuff that doesn't make sense anymore when you look at this photo. Like it's just so it's just so much going on uh, with that, and it's just so freaking awesome. Like yeah, I don't know maybe one day Apple put it as a background for a back back in the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as, I want I want to see a maps app that you know you see them extend out to like the Earth view, but I I would love to play with a uh piece of software that was a map as far as you can imagine like oh my gosh <laughs> just to give I mean, you the there's, scale there's a couple of different telescopes that like have been mapping the gal like i mean the universe as much as possible at least the right. sky yeah and there's gotta be some way they could pull data from that like to tell how far away something is well, well and there's a lot there more is a way to do that and then just put it in 3d space and there are a lot more results to come from james webb this is just literally like the this is just getting a taste of what it can do uh, like you said, it was a it was an hours long basically exposure compared to mm-hmm. weeks and months, and uh, it did not disappoint. And, and they're and then we're going to yeah. see weekly releases. I don't know when that begins, but um, we should. We did get to some see. more today. We got some Jupiter stuff today, right? Um, they did kind of tease that at um, 
at the briefing after the announcement. So we had like this live stream with the reveal of the images. Mm -hmm. And then there was a briefing afterwards. And one of the scientists kind of like, they took photos of Jupiter to try the, um, to test to make sure it can track a moving object, mm -hmm. um, which of course looks like it's moving. It's moving very, very slowly, which it looks like, but it's actually moving quite fast and you gotta figure out how to do that. But, um, and they released some of that stuff today. It's nothing. It's not like Hubble because Hubble did a lot of stuff in visual light. Um, so that's what we see. This is all in infrared still. So it's it looks very different than what we would see Jupiter as. Mm -hmm. um, now a lot of the photos they released were they 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 changed up the colors. Like they put filters over them to kind of give us the the appeal of of what visual light would look like. So mm -hmm. it, it's all all this is, is very is very exciting. Um, and I think we're gonna yeah they said we're gonna get some weekly releases and it's gonna be for the next year it's gonna be I think just mind numbing photos everywhere yeah yeah and, and and before we move on to our next topic sorry ship uh I want to go back <laughs> to the, one of the very first things you said which is the way that NASA is describing these images is like you're seeing stars the forming of stars they talk about the you know you believe the universe is X years old and this goes back to um you know these the, these images are um, some portion of that, but not too small of a portion. That's that's the part where you just have to stop and think, and you just you know, what does it mean? The beginning of time. What does that mean? What is the beginning of time? How far does the universe go? Can doesn't does, do boundaries exist in time and space? Like <laughs> you know, you can get stuck on that. And that's what's so cool to me about these like these photos is that. Those are the kind of questions, you know, we don't have answers to those, but you could, you know, the common question of just, you know, what's the furthest you can see? Well, this is, you know, what's, mm -hmm. the, what's the furthest photo that's ever been taken? This is, um, you know, what exists um, so far away? And now, you know, we have not only, you know, an understanding of it at some level, but we have the latest and greatest imagery of what it even is. So it's it's fascinating. And uh, I, uh, yeah. I asked Dr. Z what he was looking forward to with now web is online. And he said that he's excited to answer the questions that we haven't been even able to ask yet. Yeah. That's so, a, that's a line that Dr. Z uses a lot. He uses that a lot, but like today he was like, and like, now we have the tool to answer this question. Yeah. Like they even like figure out the questions to answer later. I'm like, like, cause like there's so many, there's so much has popped up with that. So yeah. And, um, and that and, was a big thing with that. Yeah. And that's, to me, it's a little frustrating. It's like, well, like, to answer questions, you don't even know you have yet. That's, is that a cop out or what? Like, what are you? What are you saying? Um, but, I, for but, him, hundred percent. Like, I think he he hundred percent believes that. Well, it's uh, it's backed up Nelson's, by Nelson yeah. said the same thing, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right yeah. For, for him, it's a lunge. <laughs> but it, it, Doctor Z would use the same thing about um, perseverance, the Mars River. But it's backed mm -hmm. up by you know actual experience where you make discoveries that you didn't even know that you were looking for, or you make discoveries that then lead to the next thing you know you, you wouldn't have asked that question had you not had this discovery and so that's how this goes it's, it's a long long road uh moving on to starship so another long road <laughs> <laughs> the road to starship is long but not infinite uh it does eventually full end of, uh, potholes yeah it does eventually end and become the gulf of mexico but uh this past week there was an exp there was a big boom there was but there was a fire it <laughs> it was, was like a, a fire and explosion, but like everything's fine. There's there was a no crater at Starbase. <laughs> there was an uh, unscheduled hot fire test. <laughs> it was a uh, okay. So this is we don't fully know what type of test or what to expect from the test. 
Now, mm-hmm. so what we believe the test was, was it was um, what's called a, a spin prime test. So it's kind of like to, to simplify it as much as possible, pretty much they're, they're hooking up all the plumbing to the engines and they're flowing things through it to make sure that like, like everything's hooked up properly. And the way they do that is each engine has turbines um, or, uh, and they have, they have pumps, like they have a little, you know, the little turbine and the pump spins to kind of flow the liquid fuel, the, the uh, methane and oxygen through it. Um, they don't do a whole bunch of it like they would do a launch, but they kind of spin a, a little bit through it. So they, the engine that uh, Booster 7 was sitting on the orbital pad, and they did have oxygen and methane in this tanks. And they did begin the test. So you can see a whole bunch of like cryogenic, like turning straight in the gas when it's to hit the atmosphere, um, start to build up. And all of a sudden, something sparked. Something, something ignited it all. Uh, when you have a bunch of oxygen with a little bit of methane in it, um, that's not good. We don't know if this was like partially planned because they have talked about um, a little bit of history here. Uh, and so the Delta IV Heavy and the Space Shuttle and then essentially the SLS, they have these things called Rofies. Um, they're like kind of really fancy uh, like Roman candles or like sparklers type things that they're put underneath the pad. And as they bleed oxygen, they kind of lit this up and it all ignites. Starship might have something similar to that because they will be venting a lot of oxygen and a little bit of methane in the bottom. So they want to ignite that before they ignite all the engines. So this could have been that. They could have tested that sort of system. They could have ignited an engine partially to do that. We don't know. All we know is they definitely did a plan for this type of boom because they did leave a lot of equipment around. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the equipment is no longer there. Like, uh, like, like uh, trailers melted. <laughs> I think yeah, I haven't seen a lot. I, yeah, I, there was also there was a duct, like a, a ventilation duct that was hooked up to the rocket yeah. that like they left there. That's like it's just a normal. It's nothing any special. Uh, that's no longer there. Um, there was some connectors that flew off and and some tools that you, like, you could probably see some. There's probably some tool chests that were probably left up there that flew around. A lot of debris that kind of like small debris, um, but it wasn't big enough to where like there weren't like windows didn't shatter or um, like the rocket was still there. Like it, it, it didn't like move anywhere. No like, one was harmed. Fall over. Yeah. No one was harmed. Yeah. Uh, some shaking of buildings. Uh, some residents said that yes, the house did shake a little bit um, or a lot, uh, but nothing, nothing major happened. Uh, so they are taking the uh, booster seven off. Booster seven is the booster that we believe will be used for the orbital flight test, which Elon tweeted this week that he still believes is going to happen next month. Mm-hmm. Or be ready for next month. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um. But uh. So they are moving that. And they um. Any quick inspection. Uh. The inspections they've done so far, like the booster looks fine, but they have to test, uh, check out all the different engines, and there's 33 of them on the booster. So that's gonna take some time. Um. They. I don't think they have like 33 spare Raptor engines just laying around. Those are kind of prime real estate to have at the moment. So hopefully. They're not a whole bunch of them damaged because that can set them back pretty pretty long time if they have to get 33 more. But um, I think they're almost at the point where they're making one a day or something like that. I think that's what the goal is. But yeah, uh, that's that was that happened Monday just before they announced the web photos. Uh, yeah, the first. It was yeah. like, like everyone's focused on web, and all of a sudden, um, I just saw a tweet from one of the the various live streams of the mm-hmm. of the area down there. Also, I'm like, hey. That doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of fire. 
Yep. So so uh, that's that's Starship, which is SpaceX's next generation rocket that uh, they they want to develop to go to the moon and Mars and beyond. And NASA's chosen Starship to be the human landing system to take astronauts from lunar orbit to the surface of the moon. So we're very eager for that to progress and progress well. Uh, next up, Starlink. This is a Starlink service, which is SpaceX's satellite internet business uh, that probably isn't for the most of us, but it's for some. It's oh, what, Star- you can't afford $1,500 up front and then another 5000 every month? Yeah, yeah. Starlink, you know, Starlink internet service on its own is like, you pay a little bit, you know, kind of a premium, but you get, you get a service that you wouldn't have otherwise. This is Starlink Maritime, which is for, uh, Elon kind of put it as Starlink for boats, but it's really Starlink for yachts. Yachts are boats, and, so sure, but not all boats. <laughs> and as also like, you know, uh, oil tankers and, mm-hmm. and cargo ships. And so last week we talked about the FCC giving SpaceX slash Starlink the ability to do, uh, to give Starlink service and uh, a used Starlink service mobile. So before you always had to be stationary. It would kind of technically work while, we're, while moving, but you didn't really want to do it while moving. Like it wasn't really perfect. Now, um, uh, it is like allowed to be used while moving, uh, so this is kind of their first step um, towards it. It's, it's yeah, it's meant for like the uber rich yachts or like the the businesses that like have a bunch of boats and they want to use it to like track their ships or have internet on their ships and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it is expensive. It's a five. Uh, it's five thousand dollars a month. Um, you get. Um, I, they have a map uh, of like kind of where you can get it. You can get it along most of the coastal areas of like. Um, of countries that already have uh starlink service in their country so like if you're in the united states like internal waterways like through um, boats or along the the coast or in europe uh, australia new zealand um mediterranean area yeah you have you would have service um but like across the ocean uh service is going to be coming uh later this year and then um outside of that like uh the uh, arctic area or the um just south of the equator area that's going to be coming next year uh so in case in case you're wondering um if that's something you really uh are into i don't know how many listeners we have that run a uh run a, a massive shipping company but hey if you're out there uh yeah i saw you can have it now <laughs> i saw i saw a few tweets go by this week that I didn't capture but one i think might have even been an elon tweet or someone you know on the spacex side but it was I think it was talking about you know the the cost before this of what what they were paying before you know they were because they used to stuff on their own boats but um, oh yeah yeah it seems you know the general sense of it is that it's competitive it's not like you know yeah. the only provider so you can make up your own costs but it's yeah so that's that's something um, yeah this is definitely not like uh they're competing in a market that already exists it's just they haven't really had much competition for the past like for for the past a while at least decades yeah. probably a few decades yeah. And, uh, you know, if there is a lot of room for profit here, then you could hope that this would be uh, one more factor in helping, you know, bring down the overall cost of, of Starlink service for people that are, you know, on land. Uh, a couple other things with Starlink before we go on to some launch news. They, uh, you know, there's the thing where it's the FCC, right, that's, um, you know, looking at spectrum usage for SpaceX and Starlink and um, what DISH wants to do which could hurt Starlink's performance, uh, create downtime as much as I think they said like around 90% of the time. So uh, <laughs> this week, uh, OneWeb came out and they, they back up what, what SpaceX claims. So that's just one more data point. And you know, OneWeb 
isn't the um, you know obvious bedfellow for SpaceX. So to have them back up uh, the, uh, SpaceX's claim about how using the spectrum in that way would interfere in a big way uh, has some credibility. And there's also, you know, SpaceX was wanting all of the Starlink customers to contact their government representatives and to lobby for um, this spectrum not to be used in the way that Dish wants it to be used for. And I'm seeing on, on Reddit, especially now, uh, lots of customers having responses from their representatives uh, in some way or the other. So um, it's, it's making some kind of a difference, it seems. This spectrum battle is going to be really interesting, you know, in the coming months or years when stuff comes up because yeah, it's like everyone wants to be in the same like space uh and mm-hmm. i don't that's I, i'm not an expert on this but i know having too much of one of one frequency is not good yep. so yeah yeah moving on to uh some launch stories from this week uh i'll, I'll mention first that uh crs 25 the spacex's 25th commercial resupply mission for nasa and the iss uh, is scheduled to happen in uh, about two or three hours from when we're recording now. So hopefully that goes well. That's one that was delayed by several weeks to deal with some hardware issues uh, before uh, it could happen. Well, it's happening this evening, we believe, and, and should go off without mm-hmm. a hitch. Uh, that's exciting. We have people on the on the ground there to, to capture the, the visuals of that. Uh, also this week, there was a, a, a rocket explosion at a Vandenberg. The Minotaur, uh, Minotaur rocket uh, launched, but then blew up. And and aren't these remind me? Aren't these like these are these are missiles repurposed rockets? Yes, they're uh, they're <laughs> so, old ICBMs. Yeah, um, that are only allowed now to be used. They're they're now, I think they're, I believe it's North of Grumman, or is it's uh, it's, a, it's one of the defense contractors. Yeah, has, has like the ability to launch them, and they've been moved over to do. They can't be used commercially, so they're right. only allowed to be used for military uses. And if I remember correctly, I think this was actually used to, I think they were going to plan on testing some sort of new entry, some ICBM stuff Mm -hmm. that I really don't want to know about because that's (laughs) just terrifying. Um, So, yeah, it it blew up a Vandenberg and uh, no, I I don't think there's been any major issues with that. And they they have, of course, clean up and Mm -hmm. investigations around the way and whether or not we'll ever know what caused it is unknown because these are this is still kind of a pretty classified rocket that they don't want people to know about. This thing gets off with like, is quick. Mm-hmm. When nothing launches, it is a quick launch. So um, it's all, uh, I believe it's the first stage of solid. So it's, it's a pretty quick, pretty quick rocket. So um, otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, nothing much else to report there with, mm-hmm. with what happens. The next launch, other launch that happened this week was the first of a double header in air quotes. Uh, it is impressive, but it's not necessarily a double. They keep calling it a double header, but it's not really a double header. Rocket Lab launched the, the first uh, of a mission for the National Reconnaissance Office. Um, they are launching two um, within um, 12 days of each other. So mm-hmm. it's very quick for Rocket Lab. Uh, we've seen, of course, quicker from SpaceX. We've seen the back-to-back, like, by, you know, almost we saw three in a weekend uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but for Rocket Lab, this is pretty impressive for them to launch. Uh, one from pad A, one from pad B down in New Zealand, um, and within a, just a, a few weeks of each other. So it was pretty impressive, uh, and that was that launch this week. So hopefully end of this month we'll have another Electron launching. Nice. And I wanted to mention also we, we're, um, we're looking at it's been just over a year since Richard Branson of Virgin Galactic went to uh, space for a few minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. And this past week there's there's been a few couple of stories around Virgin Galactic, which has not flown they've not yet they haven't flown since that first launch 
or, or takeoff or whatever you want to call it uh, with the space plane. And, and there were some issues with that with the FAA where they went out of the, the designated space level for a minute and a half or so, and, and that had to be looked at. But also, the, I think there were some issues with the space line as well that had to be looked at, and they've, they've put off the, the next flight for a long time now. I think last October was maybe a, a goal they had at one point, and now we're mm-hmm. almost to uh, another year from there. Uh, but this yep. this week, uh, you know, in the last few days, they've announced that they're going to produce two more space planes um, mm-hmm. to have in their fleet, <laughs> which is, you know, they're they're a publicly traded company, so they want to do things that impress shareholders as well. You know, they want to have a um, give good signs of the future, even if they're not doing even you know what their competitor, closest competitor of Blue Origin is doing, which has had multiple launches since the first one a year ago um, of, of sending people to space for a few minutes. Uh, and they've also uh, announced a new factory that will, um, that they call it their spaceship factory that will be in Mesa, Arizona. So those, those are two things that they're, uh, are, are sort of future focused while we await the next, uh, flight from Virgin Galactic. Uh, they're planning on going back to commercial activity tomorrow, uh, to tomorrow, next year. Um, yeah, yeah. And so they, I, they have high hopes that they're, I mean, even with the, not launching in so long that they're still going to be just fine. And they have a long list of possible ticket holders. So mm-hmm. um, they're just, they're really planning. I think, I guess if this is, if they're not just trying to impress shareholders they are actually planning for the future, this seems promising mm-hmm. uh, for the future. So uh, it should be interesting to see what happens from them in the new future. That's right. Maybe ish, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I think, you know, that was one of those, one thing, one reason I'm interested in it uh, is because that was one of those national space stories that would make the evening news where there was the sort of, you know, race between uh, Richard Branson and um, the Amazon. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. I was fortunately blanking on his name for a moment. Yeah, it's nice I to remember forget. the song. It's nice to forget these people sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but there was sort of the race who would go first, and of course, um, you know, Richard Branson went first by a short period, but he wasn't there as long. And then um, Blue Origin, oh, the the battle between whether or not they actually yeah, how, went to space. How, oh, there was yeah, it how, was, how far they actually went, and then those few um, months were interesting. But did, didn't did Bezos go again since that first time? Like, didn't he go for one more? Time? No, he went out a couple times with them for the for the few missions afterwards. Um, like he would keep oh, he'd out with there. them and like there's been and, a re- like help him into the seat, but yeah. like he would he didn't fly. Right. Um, there was one repeat customer though. Right. Yes, there was a repeat customer on this uh, last two flights. Um, his mind has has uh, escaped me, but yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. I think he was um philanthropist or something like that. And we know. haven't. And, and Pete Davidson was going to fly, but we haven't seen that. He, he had a scheduling issue, and so. Oh, that was the one that he that that um that's that's the mission that Bezos stopped showing up, which <laughs> uh which I don't know why, but it turned out that was the mission that his first the first Blue Origin employee flew on. Mm. It turned out that he stopped showing up for that. <laughs> I don't want. I'm not gonna say. I'm not. I'll let you guys determine anything about that. Yeah. So, uh, so I will say anything. Yeah. We'll, we'll end on on Pete Davidson, Kanye West, Kardashian, Bezos rumors. Uh, let that be what it is. Now that is the Space Explored podcast for this week. Uh, that is your uh, quick rundown of space news for the week. We hope everyone enjoyed. If you want to learn more, check out spaceexplored.com and uh, we'll be back in the future. Bye, everybody.